Okay, cool. Hi, right, afternoon, folks. Welcome to another episode. Um, Scotty can't join us today. I don't know why. He just literally just abandoned me like five minutes before. But well, don't sound so hurt, man. It's cool. No, 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 no. It's, it's it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. We got we got enough. We got enough, excluding Stephen, to actually get a good conversation out of Champions League football. <laughs> and maybe some maybe some Europa League football as well. But um, Rose, thanks for thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. You're wearing your Man City top already. Wow. Of course I am. Beat one big side in Europe and all of a sudden you you think you're the bee's knees. One big side. It's Real Madrid. Come on. <laughs> it's Real Madrid, but you know, it's the best. It's a good place to start because we Toby, say... Where's your season? What? Your season. Is it not done? Yeah, our season's done. Okay, cool. So uh, You might want to pipe down a bit, bro. No, it's like it's it's, it's, it's mad cheeky, you know. Like. You might want to pipe down a bit. Someone whose manager was literally celebrating to uh, to join the Europa League, and you're here talking up the scenes. I think you need to. That's not that's not my manager anyway. But each to the. Each to I the mean, he's team. definitely your manager, whether that's you like not, it or not. He's not claiming him. That's just the guy. In, that's just the guy in the manager's hot seat. <laughs> that's not my manager, bro. So, boy, boy. Anyway, um, I think obviously the best place to start is obviously Man City. But um, really and truly, though, Rose, before we actually get into the, the match itself, like, did you even think that Real Madrid had any chance of knocking you out this over both legs? Genuinely? Um, yes, yes. Um, I was really worried when we went to the Bernabeu because um, I don't think we even won there before. I don't think we have. So no. I think the first leg was the most important for us. I just said I just didn't want us to lose that first leg. And for us to come out with a win, I just thought, wow, like, we could actually do this. Because I know at Yetiad, we're a good side. But away at the Bernabeu, I knew it was going to be a bit tough. But I was quite shocked at the way um, Ramajid played, actually. Um, I thought that they would challenge us a bit more. Mm. Um, I don't know what, I don't know what's happened to them. I, I'm, obviously, everyone's playing Ronaldo, but I don't know. Um, but yeah. yeah, obviously, I was really excited. I was really happy that we actually won the first leg, and then the second leg. Um, because we had won the first leg, I wasn't too worried about the second leg. I just thought, you know what? As long as we're up for it and we just play well, we're not really going to lose. So mm. yeah, that's what happened. Okay, fair enough, uh, Steve. I'm just quickly going to come to you then. Like, mm. um, we have to address the elephant in the room, um, Varane. What was going yeah. through his head? Um, against Man City because this is meant to be. I mean, we've always known that Varane's had like some shaky moments in him. I think that was always been clear, but this is meant to be like one of the most reliable centre backs on the planet and on yeah. a stage that big to make those high profile errors he's making when the stakes are so high. Like, is that even is that even defensible? Yeah, you you can't really legislate for it. Um, to be honest, and I think it was. It was characteristic of him, like maybe I don't know pre Euro sixteen, like those that sort of era of Iran. But I think since since that, he's he's been pretty imperious as a defender, and we haven't seen too many mistakes from him. So I think that one, you just you just have to chalk it down to a bad day. I don't I don't think there's any other way you can um, you can explain it. But I was I was disappointed with Real Madrid as a whole. Um, I know they grew into the game, but I just think. Looking at the strength of La Liga this season, like it's not, 
it's not where it has been in the last few seasons. And maybe they just struggled to get out of the gears they've been playing in La Liga because obviously City are a much different side and and City press press much more than some of the sides they'll face in La Liga. So I just, I just think they struggled to go up again without Ramos there. Um, obviously, Ronaldo's been missing a few seasons. I just I don't think they look like the same side, you know what I mean? Because um, they've been called impressive by um, a lot of journalists in um, in Spain, but I just think they're just up against really average sides at the minute and they just haven't haven't had to go up again and we saw them fail at the first hurdle mm, okay well um before i come to you dan so rose i wanted to actually because we were talking about this um just before we started anyway so in terms of like man city sort of mentality now like <clears throat> how big how big was this sort of um win for you because obviously let's put it into context you lot were like one bad decision away from being uh, expelled in the Champions League altogether <laughs> season as well. And then um, in the previous seasons as well, like no disrespect to even us or Liverpool or, or, or Monaco, but you've gone out to sides where you were you were the strong favourite. So in terms of this win against Real Madrid, that do you do you think that gives you like sort of the, the, the added ammunition to go all the way this year? Or or do you reckon do you reckon there's still a long way to go? Um, I think obviously this win against Real Madrid was huge, but I do agree. I still think there is a long way to go. Like even like um, on Friday, Benzema, like Benzema was coming for our defence at times. Um, so I still feel like we're a bit shaky. Um, Edison helped us out a lot um, on Friday, even though like we, I would say that we kind of controlled the match. Benzema could have had like another goal, and that the game would have been different. So, like, when I think about it, um, I think it all depends on the city side that turns up. I don't know, like, even I still have flashbacks about the whole Monaco um, match. I know that um, we've got um, Leon, and the next round, everyone's like, yeah, it's an easy tie. But it's not, because I remember, what was it? We were In 2017, we were um, beating Monaco 5-3 at home. Then we yeah. go to their stadium, and all of a sudden, I'm just seeing 3-1, and I'm just like, what is going on here? So, um, I don't know. Um, even though I know that this is a massive win for us and like we're in the quarterfinals, I am still worried. I don't know. There's just yeah. something about City that just makes me worried. Yeah. And facing Leon, I'd rather, I'm not saying that I'd rather face Juventus, but at least I know, like, okay, we're facing Juventus. It's a hard side. Like we're gonna, like we're gonna be up for it. Whereas yeah, yeah. Leon, because they might see Leon as not like a let's say the hardest side. And I don't know if they're going to be up for it. That's why I'm a bit nervous. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so Dan, I wanted to come to so that's a that's a that's a great point as well. So, Dan, I wanted to come to you next though because um, I know obviously we'll, we'll come back to Man City, but onto onto Real Madrid. Um, do you think that sort of because obviously Zidane went with the throwback midfield three: Tony Cruz, Casemiro, and Luka Modric. How do you think they fared in that game? Because, like Ron said, there were large spells where even though Real Madrid tried to apply some pressure, Man City. It seemed as if they were in control of the of that that sort of whole game. So, how do you, do you think that Zidane was justified in in going for that midfield three, or do you reckon he should have mixed it up and and um, played someone like um, Valverde or Isco? Yeah, like, the thing is with with someone like Zidane, um, I think what you, you can't really you can't really criticize him too much based on you know sort of what he's done in his short career so far. But I think. You know, when he comes, when you sort of hold him up to the light and, you know, you, you put him up against some of the, the bigger managers, 
that have managed in in multiple countries, different teams, that that kind of thing, alongside your your clubs and your peps. Um, I think you have to question whether or not he's up to the, those those guys' standards in terms of tactics um, and how he, and his like sort of in game management. Because I think even on the night they were losing, he only made one substitution the whole game, which bringing on Marcos Asensio. Um, you know, and, and as you said, they were losing that midfield um, battle quite a bit. So I don't really blame him for going with his tried and tested. Um, because really and truly, if you're going to pick a midfield three, they're probably going to be top of your list. But then I think when you're seeing that it's not necessarily working and you're getting overrun in midfield, it's, uh, that, 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 that three-man combination is not necessarily coming off. You then have options on the bench to try and change that up. And I think that he didn't do enough to sort of change the match and try and bring it back into to Madrid's uh, favour. And I think that's one big question mark that you have about Zidane and whether or not you know he actually tactically is alongside you know those elite managers um, in Europe. That's a good point. Um, you mentioned the subs. The subs was a. The, the subs was a. Um, the subs and possibly a starting eleven was a was a contentious point as well. But I wanted to, I wanted to to focus on one player. And Steve, I'm going to come to you here. So, Raheem Sterling, like um, that was his what thirty first goal in fifty one appearances. Now, um, I'm someone who's been not critical, but I've, I've, I'm someone who's not given him that sort of world class tag up until up until recently. Like. And in absence of Sergio Aguero this season, he's stepped up when needed to be. Is he now sort of Man City's go-to attacker? Um, it depends if you define KDB as as an attacker. But okay, forward, forward, forward. Not that forward. Yeah, um, yeah, he is. Like he's he's coming up trumps for them each and every time. He's 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 becoming clutch for them. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think what I really like about him is that he. He perhaps doesn't have some of the ability some of the other wingers have, such as like Sane. We talk about him perhaps having more ability, but the guy output-wise, he's just on the money. Um, and I think um, underrated as well is like his off-the-ball movement. It makes such such a difference. He's always in the right place at the right time. And um, yeah, in the week, they didn't have Aguero, but they didn't seem to be missing too much because Sterling, Sterling was, looking, was looking dangerous throughout the match. So yeah, I think he's just gone up another level um, I think this season, the break has probably allowed him to revitalise the season as well because um, he had a patch in the middle where he wasn't quite firing. But I think either ends of the season, the guy's been, the guy's been hot. Um, but his opposing number as well, like we've got to talk about Hazard. Um, yeah, we'll, dropped, get on, we'll get on to him later. Number two out of ten. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about him too much <laughs> if you're going to come on to him. But yeah, Sterling, ten out of ten for me. Right yeah, now. yeah, because I just wanted to stay on Sterling quickly. So, mm. Rose, I'm going to come to you here. So... Um, what do you think at this point about Sterling being a system player for Man City? Do you think do you think that there's an argument to be had that like you take him out of Man City system and he's not as productive as as, as he is? No, I, no, I feel like Sterling has really good um, movement, and I feel like like what um, Stevie said, like he's always in the right place at the right time. Um, I know people like have a go at him that he misses a lot of opportunities, but he's always in like the correct position, he's always in the right position. Yeah. So, nah, yeah. I think I think even if it wasn't in City, but I think like he's developed so much. Um, even at Liverpool, I thought he was like a really good player. He was just really young, and yeah. um, I feel like he's just really matured now. And I feel like no matter even if he leaves us, whatnot, he's still going to be an ex- exceptional player. Just going to get better and better. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah, I agree with that as well. And I think people forget that um, Sterling was one of the best youngsters 
in the country when he was at Liverpool. You know, like he people have been monitoring him since he was at QPR um, yeah. in the youth academy and all of that stuff. So he was always going to be, you know, um, a very very good player. Whether or not he was going to make that um, wow. world class level was a question mark, but you could always see that he had the potential to get there if he applied himself. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? So I don't I don't buy this whole um, he's he's a system player this that and the other because. Number one, your best players are sort of malleable and can play well in systems, within systems, because you can say, you can look at Liverpool and people are, oh, he's not, you know, he's not a Mane, he's not a Salah, but Liverpool's system maximises their strength. So that, does, that doesn't necessarily make them system players. Do you know what I mean? They're good players in their own right. And I feel like Sterling is the same, that Man City's system looks to maximise his strengths with his movement in behind him, getting him and making sure he gets on the end of these chances. So, you know, I don't think he's a system player at all. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, as Steve rightly mentioned, we have to talk about Real Madrid's attackers as well. And I just wanted to throw up a stat as well. So Man City in 58 games have scored 145 goals this season. Yeah. Wow. And obviously, Gabriel Jesus, Raheem Sterling coming up trumps with the goals. Rose, I'm going to come to you about Raheem, um, Gabriel Jesus shortly. But Eden Hazard, I think he scored something like one goal in all competitions this season. I think Real Madrid's second top scorer after Karim Benzema this season is Sergio Ramos with um, with 13 goals. So, boy, what is, what, where where do we go with Eden Hazard now? Like, have we seen the best of Eden Hazard? Like, have they have Real Madrid bought him too soon? Like, what 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 what's what's going on there? Because it's it's just not been acceptable at all. Yeah, I think I think with the Hazard one, obviously I haven't watched him um, week in week out like we would. Um, when he was playing for Chelsea, I I do think that we should cut him a bit of slack uh, because obviously of this injury he's going through and because Real Madrid are going through a transitional period at the minute as well. I don't think they've quite figured out what kind of team they are at the minute. So I'm not too concerned about Hazard, but it is it is a very poor season by his standards. But I'm, I think I'm more concerned about that Real Madrid team as a whole because um, I looked at them... Uh, in the weekend, Benzema was the only person who looked to me like he was a class above. Um, the rest of them all looked very average to me. And I know they've got a lot of young players coming through um, that they've invested in, but I don't know if if either it's too early or too soon for them at the minute or they're not quite at the level required, but I just don't see them um, becoming a stronger side next year. So I, I think they've got to go back into the transfer market and and maybe get some proven players because their their stars are getting too old and their young players are, are a bit too young. But um, yeah, well, I, I think we've got to cut Hazard some slack. Well, um, you know what? I think Rodrigo he impressed me. I think he played. I think he played quite well, and he did well to to set up the, the mm -hmm. goal for, for Benzema as well. And like you said, I think I think it's a delicate point for Real Madrid now because obviously. You say they have to go get a proven product, but like Eden Hazard is as proven as it gets. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's as proven yeah, as it got. Luka Jovic was as proven as it got as well. He he plundered in the goals in the Bundesliga as well. So they <laughs> they've also done some need to go again, man. They need to go again. <laughs> but for whatever reason, whether it's I know obviously Zidane sort of switched his sort of approach to games where it's more a case of how they can contain teams instead of blowing teams out of the water, but your second top scorer being your centre back is just not is just not. Yeah. Good enough. It's, it's, not it's, good enough. it's 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 a funny one with Madrid because I think 
they're sort of they've been trying to plan for the future um, with some of their signings over the past sort of two three years. Yeah. You know when they're bringing in you know so Ferlan Mendes, um, Raheem Diaz. Um, what was that? Edda Militao was it that centre back that they brought in as well? You yeah. know your Rodrigo's, uh, Vinicius Juniors, and all of this. And I think they've obviously they've invested a lot in the youth, but I think what people need to remember as well is that it's not always going to be immediate impact from some of these youth players. It might take them two, three, four, five years to actually sort of hit their potential. Do you know what I mean? Right? Like we've seen someone like Marcus Rashford uh, for Man United. This is what his fourth season in the Prem, and this is like when he's starting to actually sort of you know produce. The big numbers that you'd expect for a, a forward in a, in a in a big team, and mm. it's a case of whether or not Madrid actually have the patience to wait for some of these young players to to produce, you know, at that rate. Because a lot of the time they they do need people to come in and you know step up in the big games. Because when you lose big personalities like Ronaldo and Ramos and Modric, Cruz, and all of these guys are getting older, you need immediate replacements. And I'm not sure whether or not they're going to be able to. To, to to make that transition with the way the fans are, do you know what I mean? I think mm. it depends as well on um, what they're going to accept as success. Because if you look at Barcelona, they're struggling even more. So they might be able to hold on to La Liga for another one or two seasons. Because Atletico looks weaker than they have been before, and yeah, Barca are in a, in a mess. But if they're looking for Champions League glory, then this current squad, I think, is 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 quite a bit off the pace, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, we say we say that, but I, I actually don't think it's a bit. I don't think it's that far off the pace. I think it just needs the right players to sort of click because I think they've got the right balance of young and seasoned pros. I just think maybe a bit better utilization of the team he has, maybe certain players being fitter at certain points throughout the season. I think he's got. I think he's got pieces there that he can definitely build I on. Think but, Toby. but do you, if you look at. To me, anyway, if I look at the sides in Europe, I think there's at least four stronger sides than them. Yeah, 100, 100. And I think, obviously, you say they need to go out and bridge. They need to go out and buy players who can bridge that gap. But equally, they could have some of these young players who could who could give them something that they haven't given them um, since, they've, since they've been at the club. So you never know. It, it, it sort of works both ways. But enough, enough about Real Madrid. I wanted to quickly get back onto Man City before we move on to the next sort of match. So, Rose... What are your thoughts on Gabriel Jesus? Because we've spoken about him a lot on this, a lot on this pod, and um, we, all, for me, it's always I'm always throwing and throwing as to whether he's good enough to to actually adequately replace Sergio Aguero. Right now, I still think he's not, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts as a Man City fan. Like, what do you think of him? Because he's got two goals in the knockout stages now, but yeah, he he's the type to go next week against whoever it is you play and then miss about three or four chances on goal. I don't think he's Sergio Aguero replacement. <laughs> I think he's he honestly he's really good, and um, he's still young. You got to remember that. Um, so I think no, he can't he can't replace Aguero. In my opinion, well, Aguero is like unreplaceable. In my opinion, unless you're getting someone like Lewandowski, like come on. Um, or Harry Kane. I don't know. <laughs> what? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, you know. Okay, okay, okay <laughs> cool. I'll give you Harry Kane, cool. Um, but the thing about Gabriel is when he's onside, because you know he's offside quite a lot. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's always offside. I don't know why, but yeah. Um, no, he's good. I don't know. Like yeah, like on Friday he was exceptional, but then in other matches I just don't know. Like he goes missing. It's a tough one. I, 
honestly, I, I don't think he can replace Aguero. Mm. But as like a, you know, like let's say like a backup striker, I think he's he's like good enough, good enough for that. Yeah. You know, you know what? It's a funny one, right? Because I feel like, on one hand, the fact that it's one leg sort of favours City in a way because. I think over two legs, Pep has been known to sort of overthink everything and, you know, yeah. do stupid things that cost you. But then on the other hand, I also feel like that can the fact that it's one leg can also cost you a little bit because you're missing the, the clutchness of someone like Aguero. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in, in on, on any one game, if chances are falling to, to Jesus instead of Aguero, you know, he can cost you and he has cost you in, in, in big games in the he past. Like, exactly. I can think, you know, some big games in the Premier League, against Chelsea, against Spurs, where this guy's missing absolute sitters and then you ended up not winning not winning the game as a result. So, you know, I think if you had Aguero, I would I would definitely like have you like down as favourites over, you know, in this new format of one one leg. But without him, I think a lot of these games are gonna be fifty fifty. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I know what you mean. But I feel like the fact that it's one leg it just shows like we just have to be up for it. Like it's not like yeah. oh um the second leg we could win it back no we've just got to be 100 percent up for it because, so, because the, the thing about the city team yeah like obviously the fa cup's different but i think when it's been one game you've you've been known to fall down like you can see it against wigan you know in the mm -hmm. final against arsenal twice these are four <laughs> games that you should you should really be wiping the floor with your position and if if it's just not your day you know, there is no second leg to then recover it. And I feel like mm -hmm. over one leg, City have been known to actually just bottle these games. So, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I, I think you're going to have to, you're going to have to like, you know, what's it called? Yeah. Get rid of those skeletons or whatever. Um, yeah, no, uh, but get, I, I do feel like beating um, Ramage and Bernabal in the first leg, because honestly, I thought we'd get to or, or we would lose. The fact that mm. we've won out there, even though that was the first game, we've just, like, we've done it, we've, we've beaten them. I'm hoping that that will like help us in like the next the next matches, whereby we're just like this is like this is it. We've just got to just go out and um, we haven't got like we haven't got to think. Okay, like there's a second leg, etc. No, like we've actually just got to go all guns blazing in that match. But I don't know. It's still tough. I don't know. We don't know. With City, we don't know. We don't know. City, like we've been through everything. I just don't know. Anything can happen. How are we losing to Wigan? Honestly, um, and the thing is, it, it, I think it's a nice sort of segue into your um quarterfinal opponents who obviously knocked out Juventus as well. Um, obviously, they lost, they lost you one on the night, but they went through on away goals. Um, before I actually get into, into the, the actual match itself, Steve. You had quite a bit to say about the um, the VA, the use of VAR and the the this, the, the, the shocking decisions. Yeah, it was. <laughs> give, us, give us your 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 thoughts on on those decisions. Yeah, it's just it was just it was stunning. It was it was madness. Like I, <laughs> I yeah, I, you can't again again. It's just like the Varane thing. You can't legislate for those decisions. If um if Leon had gone out, oh my god. They would have been absolutely fuming because those two pens. They were like it was. It was clear. It was. It was such a, a clear and obvious error. I don't know how they weren't um, overturned. So yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to go too much into it. I'm sure everyone's seen them, but yeah, it's just shocking, shocking stuff, man. I don't, yes. I don't know how they get it wrong at that level. They've got so much time to yeah. go check. Like even um, the Barca game, 
like one decision took them four minutes and Honestly. fair enough fair enough that's a long period of time exactly they got it right um so you've got infinite time just get the decision right man mm. Mm. Um, yeah. but with, with the handball I, I don't know if if um because of the letter of the Lord, it has to be given as a pen um but either way yeah they just they that's just need to review this yeah yeah it's, it's stupid though it's the same thing that happened in the champions league last year when um i'm not sure if you remember rose oh, at Harvard, with danny rose danny rose when aguero is taking that shot danny rose is sliding on the ground like there's there's literally no other place for him to put his his hand and it's a penalty like it it, yeah. it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that because then but by, by that logic players can literally just start firing off shots at people's arms and you're yeah. gonna get yeah. I think they've changed the rule though, haven't they? Yeah. I think they've changed it for next season. So yeah. those sort of handballs won't won't be given anymore. I think they need to just start getting actual players involved in some of these um <laughs> some of these, <laughs> some of these, well, some call Alonso and come to the tax man. Man. They, they should be consulted when they're when they're coming up with, with the rules and how they should be implemented. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like the fact that refs you know, not, they've never played the game and stuff. Obviously, none of us have played to a professional level, but... They've never played the game. All day. No, but you know what? I don't buy that excuse, though, because because you can have, like, as a ref, you must like football. So, surely, you've had kickabouts in the park. Like, yeah. a handball but, is a handball. But some, some of the decisions, though, I'm I'm just... I'm, I'm actually flabbergasted as to how <laughs> the refs are coming to, to the conclusion. Like, the Depay one, like, you've literally blocked the, blocked the ball like anyone would. Yeah, and... <laughs> They said ham handball, like he's, he's he's not even made himself bigger, none of that. And it's like, oh, I don't understand how if you played the game, you would think that that's a handball. Do you get what I mean? Whereas people, they might be like too too like in the detail and be like, oh no, what does the actual letter of the law say? And then enforce it that way without using like utilizing common sense or or experience. You know what I'm saying? So, I, to be honest, I thought the I thought the um, the actual pen that the pie scored in the end, I thought that decision was even worse. Because mm. he's clean contact with the ball, yeah. and if anything, the players fell through, and <laughs> and they've yeah. they've given that penalty, and it's it's so clear in in um when you watch it back. But you know what, the game's done anyway. Um, uh, Rose, obviously, you were mentioning how sort of Man City sometimes they tend to like come unstuck against some of these sort of sides that they should they yeah. should beat. So Leon obviously showed that they weren't just there to make up the. The numbers, and I'm pretty sure last year as well, they had an unbeaten record against you. They beat, yeah. they beat, you, they beat you at home, and they beat us at the Etihad. Yeah, they beat you at the Etihad. Yeah, their stadium was a draw. Yeah, yes, their stadium was a draw. I don't know how you lot managed to get a draw that game. Like they pummeled you from that's start. That's scared. Finish. I told you that's <laughs> why I I'd gladly rather say Juve, even though Juve is a harder team. But I thought I would be more up for it. I'm just hoping they've learned <laughs> from from those results. But I, honestly, I don't know. I'm sure Leon are going to be up for it as well. Like they're going to be so excited that they're facing us. Um, so I don't know what is going to happen. That's going to be a match. I thought it's going to be a high scoring match as well. Victor. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to they're going to attack us. Our, defense, like, our defense is still shaky. Like <laughs> we still have issues. We still have issues. So I'm I'm really nervous. Yeah. I'm just hoping that I'm also I'm hoping that they think it as well because obviously you know how we, we lost we've like we've lost to them and like we've drawn to them. Pep might overthink the tactics. Yeah. Um so I'm hoping that they think it um and I'm hoping we've learned from it, but I don't know. Honestly it's like I think it's a fifty fifty match. I don't know. Wow. Like, like yeah, see, see, no, I don't know. 
I don't know. Fair enough. I don't. I, I actually don't think it's 50-50, but I do I take do. everything you're saying on board. I think. I think you look. Based on what we've seen this season, you lot could easily go go there and and somehow end up on the losing side. But um, that's that's but, the thing. And even though like beat Rajid, um on Friday, like it was two mistakes. Like we were quite lucky. We were quite lucky <laughs> as well. Like both of, both of our goals were from two mistakes. So I don't know. Yeah, I, fair. Like I said, fair Benzema had Benzema had opportunities. So any other mm. day, like he would have probably like scored two or three. So, yeah, I, think, I do think it's 50-50, honestly. It depends what City fire turns up. Fair enough, actually, true. Fair enough. Dan, um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. That's 67 goals now in, in knockout football. How long is he going to wait before he actually gets his hand on, on the big ears again? Because, obviously, he's left, he's left, he left Real Madrid to sort of try a new challenge now. And fair enough, of course, they're expected to win the, the, uh, the, the, the title, but Let's be real, like this guy is not the highest goal scorer in knockout football for no reason. He wants the Champions League. And now that they've sacked Sari as well and they've brought in Perlo, how long is he gonna wait for but before he gets his hands at um a Champions League again? I don't even know. Like he's he's what he's run it five times now, man. He needs to just relax. Like, <laughs> like you know, he's he's did you see the video of his reaction as well? Um that wasn't that wasn't in that game, man. Oh, was what? it not? No man, people need uh, to use their sense. That wasn't in that game. Because um, there, there was a video going around of, of, of him like throwing a strop and whatnot. And uh, um it's a video from when he got sent off last year against Valencia. It has nothing to do with, I with really, the season. Because because my, my thing is I, I don't think he's gonna win it at Juventus, to be honest. Like um I think the, the, the makeup of that team, I don't know what their recruitment has been doing over the past few years, but that that team is not set up to win any sort of European trophy for me, to be honest. So I think if he wants to win it, he'll probably have to go somewhere else. Um, whether or not anyone is going to slap the peas down to bring in like a 35-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo, um, any Champions League winning team will do that. I'm not I'm not sure. So I'm probably, probably going to say that I don't think he's going to win it again, you know, unless he goes to like a PSG or something like that as their like sort of final Hail Mary to, 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 win, the, to win the Champions League. But yeah, I'm just gonna go out and say I don't. I don't think he's gonna win it again, personally. Yeah, I think at Real Madrid, um, like they were really reliant on Ronaldo, but they just had better players, didn't they? Whereas now at Juve, they're reliant on him, but they haven't got the players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that he's gonna win it at Juve. Yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting seeing Kilo trying to coach him. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like if. If Pirlo gets a few bad results, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, is, he's not even going to be listening anymore. Like, you could, like, I feel like that's a very like delicate relationship and interesting position that he's he's taken on because the guy's what he's been a coach for one week for under twenty threes, and now he's been given this this massive job, and you can't just keep giving people jobs as if like you're. Um, what do you call it? The clubs. Um, what do they call it when they hire people to go and promote for the club? Like what Quinton well, Fortune? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're giving people <laughs> the club ambassadors. It's, it's ridiculous. Like Buffon is still at the club, and Buffon is now going to be Pelo is now going to be coaching his his teammates. Pelo's, <laughs> <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, like it's. Yeah, it's strange to me. Um, so I think yeah, Pelo. I hope he knows exactly what he's going to do. Because um, 
yeah, that team, they're guaranteed Serie A success, but that's not what people are in the job for, obviously. So to win the Champions League, that's a different kettle of fish. Like, you've got to be hiring, like, top, top managers because even top managers struggle, so. Yeah. yeah. To, to me, yeah, that, that Perlo appointment, that yeah. basically says to me that they're, they're, based, they're giving up on their hopes of, of winning the Champions League, personally, because I don't see how, you know, you can go from managers like Allegri, Conte, even Sarri, who has Serie A experience, European experience, to then give it to Perlo and then have the same expectations on Perlo that you would for these managers. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, this guy, as you said, Steve, he literally got appointed under 23 managers on Ju- July 30th, yeah. He did <laughs> UEFA. He started, he literally did like a, a, a fast track UEFA course like one year ago. Yeah. So, this guy, <laughs> he his, his experience in managing has been. You know what? Looking at slideshows and and, and making <laughs> in, in some classroom somewhere. So, uh, and the thing is, I know we've seen it with like Arteta, Pep, Zidane, and all these guys before. But I think at least them they oh, they had... putting Arteta there. You're cheeky. You're cheeky. You know. No, no, no. no. <laughs> as, in, as, in, as in as in just the appointments, not the success. Okay, cool. Just the appointments. But it's like I think at least they had some some small small credentials in you know being an assistant or. Or coaching the B team or coaching the under twenty threes, like this is this just seems mad early to be giving him <laughs> one of literally this is one of like the biggest five clubs in Europe. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy. You know, I, I can't wait to see it go down in flames. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie because Pelo, Pelo, he's been he's been so cool his whole career. I want to see him under fire. <laughs> just for entertainment purposes, <laughs> you're a fool for that one. You're, the thing is, let, we have to we have to deep because um, I think it was it was um our good friend on our chat who rightly pointed out that they got like the oldest squad in Europe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they just and then their midfield, there's such an imbalance in the midfield. The striking department is non-existent because Higuain is just he's just fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Like they need they need refreshing in that in that squad so maybe they're probably thinking you know what we're accepting that this squad needs a rebuild and maybe maybe perlo we're going to give you the opportunity to do that but like like you lot have <laughs> rightly put it out sorry won the scudetto this year and he got sacked he got sacked so boy i don't think winning the the league is enough i think obviously they want the champions league so it's going to be interesting to see how they react with with perlo next year it's going to be very they just need to they need to hire a scout who has the ability to scout a winger. Like every single player they try is in the center of the park. It's outrageous. And then the last the last winger I saw them sign was Quadrado. And the last time I saw him playing, he was playing at right back. Yeah, I think he hasn't scored for them in in Yonks. Well, either that or he's got like very few goals in in a couple of years. So yeah, he's not, yeah, he's they, not. I think yeah, they need to. I don't really know what formation they're playing these days, but they need to try a four three three because I think in Europe that seems to be tried and tested. Um, this narrow way of playing that works in Syria. I don't think I don't think it's going to bring them any success in Europe. Okay, well, um, we got two more matches, so I'm gonna I'm gonna obviously just sort of bounce off them. So obviously, Bayern thrashing Chelsea four one, that, that was brilliant. Mm. And then seven seven one in aggregate, and then Barcelona sort of crawling to a three one win, four two on aggregate as well. So um, Rose Lev- Lewandowski two goals, two assists. Like why why have they decided to cancel this Ballon d'Or this year? Because I feel like it's just a big robbery for him. Yeah, no, they knew, they knew that it would, he would win it. 
and they knew that um I feel like De Bruyne would have got second. So I think because it's not it doesn't involve Messi and Ronaldo, I think that's why they cancelled it. That's my opinion. That's a that's a deep conspiracy theory, you know, but no, I, I agreed with that. I agreed with that until... in a season where neither Messi or Ronaldo are like contenders. Like, think about it. Why would you cancel it? I, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back, I'm gonna back Rose in that one because they, they could have just done it like yeah. how all the other, all the other award ceremonies <laughs> have been done. Like, 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 <laughs> whatever, like, you know, you just, you still vote. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah it's, it's very dubious, man. It's very, it's, it's, it's spooky. It's spooky as hell. But um. On so obviously I'm going to be switching switching across uh, both both matches, but on Barcelona as well. Yeah, I'm not sure if you lot watched the match yesterday, but uh, this Barcelona team are actually pants. Like they are actually pants. Like they were they were at home yesterday. They mustered seven shots, four on target. They created only one clear chance, and that was a that was a bloody penalty for heaven's sake. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to come to you, Dan, on this. Um, what? What is it about? What is it about um, Barcelona now this season? Like, why can't it just click for them? And what do you expect against Bayern Munich for them? Like, because I can only see it going one way. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I, I think they're going to get savaged by um, Bayern. <laughs> savaged. I'm not, not going to lie. Like, I'm just thinking about the, the pace and power that um, Bayern have up top and in midfield will just be too much for, for Barcelona to handle, to, to be honest. And I just feel like the whole balance of their their squad, their first level, whichever first level they put out, their balance is always wrong. You know, there's there's never... And, and I think they, this is this Setien guy that they've tried to appoint to be, you know, sort of play a nicer style of football than Valverde or whatever, he's defaulted to the same thing. We just... Messi and Inshallah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's no, there's no game plan there like to bring out the best of any of their other players other than than yeah. Messi do you know what I mean and I feel that that's what where um, a lot of these managers are falling down like obviously we know Messi is the is the guy but when you've seen it before when Neymar was there Suarez was there you were able to get other players excelling uh, as well and I feel that managers are, are, are sort of defaulting to to make Messi happy with and then like forgetting about the other sort of quality players that they have in their team because you know if you can get someone like Griezmann on song um, your Usman Dembele's, your Frankie De Jong's, and that kind of thing—you can have a really, really good team there. And Messi can be sort of like the cherry on top, whereas everything they're trying to do is just through Messi, through Messi, through Messi. And I feel like they're forgetting it doesn't always have to be that way. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, Steve, I'm going to come to you on that because obviously Messi did score yesterday. It was a great finish. Obviously, um, questionable sort of questionable sort of lead up to the goal with the deflection, but take nothing away from the finish, but. Um, like Dan said, there's an over reliance on Messi, and I think in previous years we've always we've always sort of said that you know what, even though that there's so many parts of this Barcelona side that are failing, they got Messi, so he's gonna at least sort of put up a good fight for them. But now, even when Messi's shining, they're still getting packed. So my thing is this: how against Bayern against Bayern Munich, sort of, do you what sort of balance is he is the Setia need to sort of having that team to actually put up a, a decent fight against this Bayern Munich outfit. Bro, there's, it's all over. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all over already. Before kickoff, Messi even knows it. Come, the club haven't a clue. This Setian guy, he, <laughs> what club did he come from? Betis. This yeah. guy doesn't have the credentials to be managing this club. That's probably what Messi thought. 
when they hired him because I, I heard it was even rumored they tried to get in Jabby and Jabby was like, no, I don't want part of this mess. Um, and then that's why they rushed to get to get Setien. And if you look at the team, I saw someone describe it perfectly yesterday. They they were saying like, there's literally very little difference between uh, Messi playing for Barca now and Messi playing for Argentina, such as the dependence and reliance on him as a player and the mess um, and the chaoticness all around him, like at all levels of the club. Um, and it's just, it's an absolute sham. There's there's absolutely no way they can win that match. Like in years gone by, obviously Messi is, is still an amazing player, but he's declining. So you can, you can nullify him um, to an extent now. And if you nullify him, the other players are not doing that. Suarez is past his peak. He may still be a good player, but not quite at the level he was. And then Griezmann's having an even worse season than Hazard is. Do you know what I mean? So... Mm. I, I think he's having a better season than he has. I, well, much better? Much better, yeah. And he's not really. Yeah. I, I, I think he's been distinctly average. Um, so, yeah, I, if I'm honest, I don't think there's anything they can do in that match. Is Yeah, it is the literal. It's an inshallah and hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's, it's, it's a weird one because when you look at the amount they've spent over the past four or five years mm. to still be reliant, so reliant on Lionel Messi. Bear in mind, this isn't a 27-year-old Messi. This is a 32 or 33-year-old Lionel Messi. You're expecting him to play 90 minutes and win you the game and boss games. Like, it's just, it's unrealistic. Yeah. And like you said, Steve, like, it's just, I think the biggest insult that I can give to that Barcelona team is when I'm watching them, they look, they look so ordinary. Like, yesterday, yeah. Napoli were in the game from start to finish. Like, there was never a moment where even when they were when, when they were freeing up, there was never a moment where you thought, oh, Barcelona are, 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 are walking this. Napoli were always in the game. And I think when you have teams playing against Barcelona now, there's no air of dominance anymore. That air of dominance is gone. Like anyone can give them a game now. And I think that's the that's the sort of biggest insult I can give to them. And speaking of terrible teams, I need to sort of switch back to, to the Bayern Munich um Chelsea game. So, Rose, I actually want to just talk on Frank Lampard for a little bit because by all accounts, I think he's had a he's had a reasonably good season. I think he's done okay. But Chelsea have conceded 79 goals in all competitions this season. That's an average of that's a ratio of what 1.44 goals per game. It's their worst since nine <laughs> since 1990/1991. Who is to blame? For the, for the defensive mishaps? Is it the defenders that are simply not at the level anymore or should some blame actually go towards Frank Lampard? Um, wait, is it Frank Lampard's first season? With them it's his or... first season at Chelsea, yeah. No, you, like, it's his first season. Look at Arteta. You've just got, I feel like you have to give him, give him like two or three seasons like to just, you know, he, I feel like he even needs to make some signings as well. Like, he needs to buy his own players as well. Nah, nah. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not judging Lampard on this season. He got him Champions League. Like, come on, his mm. first season. I'm with you, Rose. You know, I think. Yeah. I think it's too think early it's to be. It's too early to judge yeah. him. No. But, but he's yeah. made mistakes. Come on, guys. Against Bayern Munich, like, come on, like you've just lost the first leg, like by how many goals, and then the second leg, like, come on. Like, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just. I don't even know what he could have done. And, yeah, Bayern Munich are just too powerful, but mate, I don't know what could he have done. I think, I think, and I'm going to go to Dan for this one after. But I think, I think there's a criticism with Frank Lampard. It doesn't matter whether he's playing big or small sides. I think mm. it's very sides. Sides don't find difficulty in creating chances against Chelsea. That's my yeah. biggest criti critic 
Oh, that's my big, biggest critique of him. I don't think sides struggle to create chances against Chelsea, especially from set pieces as well. I mean, yesterday was a joke. Yesterday, there was a corner. Thiago is five foot six, five foot seven. He can move it. And he's got a free header in the box. Please don't tell me that this is all, 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 um, all just the, down to the players. Like it's a combination of players and the manager. Now, Dan, I wanted to come to you next on this. So they're looking to buy Havertz. They, they're looking, they've already signed Werner. They've already signed Ziyech. Where are this team going to finish if they don't sign a defender? Bro, like, um, I, I still think they'll have enough to, to, to finish top four just because I think with that strike force and that attack, it's enough to sort of blow these little teams away. But then the big, the big games is probably where they'll get exposed. I'm not sure... You know, the likes of Leicester, Arsenal, Spurs, Wolves will have enough to sort of pick them to, to fourth or, or third. But so I think they'll, 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 they'll finish fourth. But I, I don't actually think fourth is good enough after spending that money on exactly. those sort of attackers, right? So, like, Abramovich is not shelling out, you know, 200 million in a COVID uh, summer for you to, to just scrape fourth and, you know, go out in the last 16 of the, of the Champions League like they've done this season. Lampard's had his excuses you know, um, set out for him this season, ready-made, you know, our transfer ban, sold Hazard, this, that and the other. But next season is when we're going to see him and whether or not he, he actually is the real deal. Manager of the year, um, nominations <laughs> aside, didn't it? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, for me, the whole thing with the defence is, yeah, fine, the defenders are underperforming. Your keeper is rubbed, one of the worst keepers in the league, if not the worst keeper in the league, statistically. Yeah, so like, and that's saying something when you've got the likes of, you know, Pickford, and you know, and other washed goalkeepers playing there as well. Yeah, all of these rubbish keepers, and your keeper's the worst of the lot, yeah. But one thing I would say is, you know, Rose mentioned Arteta, and it's like, I think our players defensively are way worse than what Chelsea had, didn't it? Like, Chelsea had one of the best defensive midfielders in the world in N'Golo Kante. You know, you have uh, solid enough uh, centre backs, you, you sold who's supposedly a joke in David Luiz. To, to Arsenal, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you got, you got, you got established professionals there. Um, so, so you conceding all of these goals, I don't think it's solely down to the to the players. Like, the manager needs to do a lot more to to, to protect these these players and protect the keeper who can't save any shots. So you should stop conceding as many shots as you do. Do you know what I mean? So I do think he has to take some blame, but I'm not going to put it solely on his on his on his shoulders. But I do think he he needs to take some blame. Yeah, I think. I think objective... Abramovich, I think it's unrealistic to expect that Lampard is going to all of a sudden win or even put up a strong challenge for, for the for the title next year because I think Man City and Liverpool are, are, are well ahead and even City as poorly as they as poorly as you lot have been at times this season, you're much you're much further ahead than than um than Chelsea. You're only you're only going to improve. But I think the mark of of an improved season for them next year is how big that gap is between the likes of yourself and Chelsea. How, how many points can he get on the board? Because Chelsea had something like, what, 60, 
what was it like 65, 60, 66 points or something like that this season? I think for him to see, for him to for him to keep that job next year, with the signings they're making, and we know they're going to bring in some defenders as well, he's got to be hitting around sort of that sort of 76, 77 and higher points mark, in my opinion. Mm. Irrespective of whether, irrespective of whether you lot finish on 90 points or 80 points, I think that gap needs to be cut down considerably. And I think that's going to be the measure of his sort of improvement, not so much, oh, he has to win the league or he has to win the Champions League. Mm. Yes, I mean, it's Chelsea, so there's always going to be pressure for you to win trophies. So I think I think that pressure is always going to be there, but I don't think he would get sacked for not winning the FA Cup or something like that, for instance. Mm. I think, I think, um, the, the, I, I do hear, I do hear you lot in saying that, uh, um, you know, you can't be expecting them to challenge. But but I also say, like, why not, personally? Because, you know, when you spend, when you go out and spend that much money um, after finishing fourth, you know, what, 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 are, what are your goals if not to challenge for the title? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you look at Pep's first season was slightly underwhelming. They came, they came third, I think. You know, then the next season, they got 100 points. You know, then Klopp, his, his first full season, they, they, they came fourth. On like seven, like seventy-five points. The next season, they got ninety-eight points. Do you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily like, oh, it's always a process of two, three years that that needs to happen. This, that, and the other. Like, I feel like when you're spending that much money, you're bringing in, you know, really, really good players. You know, some of the best young talents who are putting up numbers in other other leagues. When they come into the when they when they come into that Chelsea team, I feel like Abramovich is saying, well, this is our expectation. I want you to be up there with Liverpool and Man City, and I don't think. That there'll be too much of an excuse for them to to also for there to be another sort of 20, 30 point gap between um between those teams. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair point. Um I think obviously last point before we sort of move just quickly brush past the crappy sort of Europa League. Um Bayern Munich, what do we what are their chances of sort of winning it this year? Are we saying that they're now sort of the sort of clear favourite? Based on their form this season, because I mean, the second part of the season, because I think I think they're unbeaten in 20, 2020. They've won all of their matches since the restart. Like Lewandowski's fit, Taliso's back, Nicolas Sula's back, um, Lucas Hernandez is fit. Like they've got no sort of major injuries, no no concerns as well. So, do we think that like the Champions League is theirs to lose this year, or they look like? Um... They just look like a proper German team right now. Do you know what I mean? They're just just dominant and efficient and just doing the business. But um, that being said, I think I think the Champions League this year is, is anyone's is anyone's trophy. I don't think there's any particular favourites because if I look at the defences of some of the stronger teams like City, um, PSG aren't amazing defensively. But PSG, I'm sorry, City and Bayern in particular, they defend high, and I'm not particularly convinced by their defenders so um i think it just could be whoever capitalizes on their chances or whoever makes the least errors could pick up that trophy um Bayern looks strong but yeah um i just know that 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 center back pairing and in defense they just don't seem um solid to me so i think anyone could pick this up but they look good yeah no that's 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 fair enough yeah i do agree with you so i think it is quite it is quite open if i had to put money on it though i'd Probably, I'd probably have to put it on Bayern, but I could easily, I could easily make a strong case for PSG with Neymar being fit or Man City with. Well, it depends on how how long Aguero 
mm. how long Pereira is going to be injured for. If, if they can get him back fit and firing, then I think they got just as good a chance as anyone to, to win the Champions League this year. But um, before think, we get going down, something. I think a really dark horse might be um, Atletico Madrid now that it's one leg. Just because I feel like in any one game, they can they can sort of upset a lot of teams and with a with a solid defensive performance and then just get you on on the counter personally. Like they they only need to win games one nil. Do you get what I'm saying? So I feel like they're they're a bit of a dark horse. Nah, I can't see it. You know, I think that's uh, I think it'll be disappointing if PSG don't come out as the sort of emerging sort of victors of that side of the Champions League. I mean, Atalanta are, are a good side. Don't get me wrong, but it's a mismatch. Do they even have Ilicic? Uh <laughs> I don't know. It depends on if he's going to play. Um, we heard the rumours about his, his wife cheating on him or something like that. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. His head is scattered. Apparently, he's given up football now. Yeah. His head, his head is scattered. He's taking, um, he's taking personal leave. That's a bad thing. I shouldn't laugh. I don't even think no, seriously though. Like, even... In any other walk of life, can you do this? <laughs> like, if my yeah. wife cheated on me, I can't just go to work and be like, I'm taking a leave of absence, can I? You can you can take a leave of absence for your mental health, innit? Like I'm no. paid to oh, it. Now there's only one way to get over that, innit? Go and bang in some goals. <laughs> I before we before we end it anyway, I just wanted to quickly have a word on the Europa League as well. Man United getting the the, the, the easiest route ever to the semi-finals, but um <laughs> but there's actually a, in case anyone's interested, there's actually a Europa League match tonight. And it's actually quite a big Europa League match as well. So Inter Milan are, play, are playing Bayer Leverkusen as well. So they're two of the two out of probably four favourites to win the competition this year. How do we see that match going tonight? I think Inter will win. Yeah. 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 I'm going mm. for Inter. Even with all this uncertainty with Conte and Retete and I mean, Kai Havertz and Kai Havertz and the Harlem Globetrotters that are Bayer Leverkusen who are so good apparently. Let's I face it, nobody know. really cares about the Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you heard it, and I'm not even excited. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think Inter will win, though. But, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Fair enough. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much it, then. <laughs> that's pretty much it today. Rose, thank you for, thank you for coming on. It's been, it's, a, it's been a pleasure having you on. I'm hoping we can get you on when you like, get dumped out of the Champions League as well. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, I'm joking, I'm joking. But it's been it's been good having you on. Um if you're still listening or watching, make sure to follow us on all socials, um at Tapping Football on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and apparently LinkedIn as well. Even though no one uses LinkedIn, but whatever. Um, <laughs> we'll be back next week, Sunday, to actually discuss the, the fallout of the Champions League and Europa League as well. Take care. If you are what you say